The following is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Perfect Parenting Podcast. I'm Sarah Urquhart, and I have with me Steve Urquhart, and we also have Courtney Clark Kendrick, otherwise known as C-Jane, and we are talking about secrets versus privacy, and we get into some pretty salacious topics. Big fan of the show. Thank you so much. So I have four small children at home. I don't know at what age we can stop saying they're small, but they're 11, 9, 8, and 5. So you had them all clustered together. Yes, We did the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, one thing that I I think I'm really good at as a parent is organization. We have bins and everyone knows where everything goes. That said, uh, I am not great with with mess or uh, chaos. So uh, as a parent, that's something that I is like a top priority to me. But I find that it is so much of a top priority as a parent that it's more, it's become more important to me than like taking the time to like sit on the floor and make an emotional connection with my children, right? Because if I'm sitting on the floor with them, then I... Um, then I'm thinking, okay, I've got to get this done and, you know, I got to get the dishes in and then, oh, I got to get dinner ready. And then I got, you know, I can't, I can't just sit there and enjoy it. And I'll, uh, okay. And, uh, and, and I think we were all raised with somebody in our lives having that cross-stitch poem about let the cobwebs, do you know what I'm saying? Like, let the cobwebs grow. The kill, the children will never know or whatever. Where they kind of basically. made a rhyme there. <laughs> write that down quick <laughs> clearly i don't know it well enough no. to be able to repeat it but look it up. it's basically yeah i don't have yeah. internet on my phone you want me to look it up you yeah. two talk i'll look it okay. up. And so it's so it's basically shaming it's just it's just like parent shaming yeah. like stop cleaning your kitchen and just enjoy enjoy the kids yeah so so that's my first question is I really how I really could use some tools on how to separate those just domestic tasks that have to be done in order for everyone to feel sane and like they live in an environment that isn't total chaos all the time versus oh did you find it Yeah I'll set up this uh, answer Cleaning and scrubbing can wait till tomorrow for babies grow up we've learned to our sorrow So quiet down cobwebs just go to Just sleep. Go to sleep. I'm rocking my baby, and babies don't keep. Yes, that's Aww. the exact yeah. one. Let's yeah. just end it on that. That's yeah. our <laughs> parents. That's the advice, right there. Yeah. Yeah, but get like I'll be doing. If you clean up cobwebs, you hate your children, right? Yeah, that's right. We could end it on that. Like I, I'll be, I'll be washing dishes, and I'll be like, those cobwebs. You know, like <laughs> I care more about these dishes than. <laughs> Mommy, the most important thing of my life happened to me. Shh. I'm yes, cleaning cobwebs. That's right. Or like I'm texting somebody back or I'm, you know, there's just always something going on. You know, I grew up in squalor, so I'm with you. God bless you for cleaning your house. Is that I'm true, serious girl? about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah See, it's like, gross. But I, if I don't stay on top of it, 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 it's crazy to me how chaos, chaotic it gets. And 
half an hour. Some of my questions, because I'm, I'm just going to ask a few questions. Are you able to, so do you feel like it is all the time? Are you, are you not connecting with your kids or you're saying I need to find a balance? That's where, exactly it. Okay. Like, I know that I can't let either of these things go. So how do I find the balance? And the second question that I have is, how do you make really solid con- emotional connections with your kids in, a, in that short amount of time? You don't have a lot of time. So the questions are, how do you make, how do you make these? I mean, can, and are you good at compartmentalizing? That's another question. I, I think if can I schedule you- it. If you schedule it, okay. If I can say from 9 to 10, I'm going to stay on the floor and play blocks with Iris. Right. Then it's scheduled. Then it's scheduled. And you're okay. It doesn't matter that the dishes aren't done. Well, I'll know that if I need to get the the dishes dishes done. Yeah, that's that's right. But I still have a hard time emotionally connecting in that 9 to 10 slot. Do I sound like the most unfun person? So I think you're saying what a lot of parents feel, which is... How do you, some of that stuff happens spontaneously. Some of it happens in a, and when it happens spontaneously, it's authentic, it's real, you're in there and that's awesome. But when it's scheduled, which a lot of our lives are, because otherwise it it's ha- chaos. And it doesn't happen, yeah. Right. And so are you connecting? You know, sometimes you don't have to have that true heart to heart connection because that's, what you're doing is just dropping it's a drop in the bucket but over time you're doing enough of those drops you have the the connection is made it just doesn't feel as strong as when you're having that super authentic oh my gosh it just happened it's just one more time you read good night moon but it's all the times you read the freaking good night moon that it's it becomes this very sweet book that means something to both sets of parents and or to to the parents and it means something to the kid because you've read it so many times. So sometimes sitting on the on the floor doing blocks with Iris, that's all it is. It is a check mark box and that's okay. That's okay. Cause that's what Iris needs. Right. She doesn't know it's check right. box. Right. Okay. She just knows she was playing with her mom. Okay. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> This might make me cry, or it's going to make. Does me she laugh. do this every time? Does she cry? No, I'm a big oh, fan yeah. of the show, but I fans a lot. No, I know. What's your favorite part of the show? When Sarah says, "This is going to make me cry." Yeah. Well, now that no, I... she we found that from uh, sampling the audience when she goes emotional, people just love it. It's great. It's the best. How many times my kids? This happened daily. They would come home from school. So here's my little first grader. For everyone listening, she's tearing up. A tear just rolled down her cheek. Not true. Beautiful. Stop it. So my first grader gets home, and it didn't matter which one it was. Every, this happened with all of my kids for every single day. They would come home from school. I would say, go get some books. Let's read some books because I'm a good parent. I'm going to read to my child. And we wouldn't get through book number two without me falling asleep. Oh, right. Yes. I could not keep my my eyes open. I couldn't do it. And my poor kids. So I really wanted to read them. And I, of course, they end up just watching TV because mom is so tired. But, you know, so I, then I feel guilt and I'm going to cry because I feel guilt and it feels awful. And I can't even get through a stupid book without falling asleep. But over time, we got through the books 
Oh, my kids learn to read. They love to read. They are, you know, all avid readers. And they know you love them. They know I love them. I was doing my best and I couldn't give them more. There was, I was leaving it all on the table and that's all I could do. Now, do I still feel guilty 20 years later? Okay, yes. That's really, that's but... really good to know because uh, from the outset, a therapist told me about parenting that I got to decide what made me feel like a successful parent. Yeah. And so I made it clear to myself that connecting with my children once a day was going to be the thing that was going to make me feel successful. The problem is, is that I didn't quantify what the quality what it needed, yeah. what, how, what that connection needed to like, be. Like, is it enough to just sit and listen to Anson talk about Minecraft or whatever? Right. Which is the most terrible thing as a parent in 2020 is to hear about your kids talk about what they saw on YouTube. Oh, our, our oldest zealous, she was into anime. Oh. <laughs> I have heard so much about anime. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what a horrible parent is. More than once, she's telling me about anime. And so all of a sudden I look up and I, I swear to the truth, she's gone. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how this conversation ended. Somehow I just went so deep into a daydream. How did this end? She must have looked at me and then walked away. That's a bad parent. It's so true. It happens to me all the time. I think, oh, what was Aaron saying? And when, where did she go? That's so, it's so true, especially with phones. Are you for, right? you for real? That happens oh, to you too? Cause almost I, okay. all, uh, every day. I'll be like, okay, I didn't ever actually oh, finish that. Oh, that is How a bad I don't do that every day. Good Lord. <laughs> no, but, oh and, and that's, you know. Build a savings account for their therapy down the road. I remember, you know. I, this show is one so of, helpful. One of my daughter's aunts, so my sister-in-law, was taking care of my kids. And, ha- and my oldest daughter's talking, talking, talking. And she finally had to say, Zella, are these real people or is this a show? And she's like, it's a show. Okay, I don't have time for that. She just couldn't. She couldn't. She didn't have the bandwidth. Like she had to have boundaries about what she would listen to and what right. she would Yeah. If this is drama happening at school, she needed to engage with Zella. If this is a plot. Did someone really kill someone? I don't need to know it. And, you know, that's that's something. I think she was feeling guilty, which is why she, had she dialed told nine me one. this story. And she's like, I, you know, I feel bad about this, but, and I'm like, oh no, no, that's just, that's just. <laughs> so I, I want to interject something. I, uh, I'm going to call bullpucky on your question. I don't know our cussing policy. Oh, so, bullpucky. No, it's good. Is that cuss. Texas thing? Yeah. You know, so we had your, you and your kids over here, Chris and your kids over here, um, a month ago or so, and they interrupted our lovely conversation no less than a thousand times with some dramatic interpretation that they wanted to give us something. You mean dancing? Dancing. Or a performance. Yeah, their performance. performance. Yeah. And never once did you, never once did you and Chris say, we're in the middle of something. Just every time you were a rapt audience, you, you were completely, I mean, Sarah and I were like, kids, can you, can, can you see we're, talking here i mean this so, is not so, true this, this is, is not true. true this is true i'm going that to that part is not true yeah, we, we loved the kids no it was fun it was fun you they did there's, they performed they there's no way that you you know every single time while we're together give unless sarah and i are very boring there's no way you give them your rapt attention every single time and don't do that at home so i i kids I knew what to expect question. from you i bet you give no, them i think that they thought they had an audience in you two they know no. that they don't have one in us. 
I would say 95% of parenting is ignoring your children. 95%. Well, that's true. That's true. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no one told me that. And and, 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 give, and so when because they because it gives them space when I go, yes, to do their thing. But when I go up when I so Christopher puts the kids to bed. That's another thing we have. I do mornings, he does evenings. Cuz by the end of the night I want to kill everyone. Well, let's, let's talk about bedtime okay. so if you yeah, want those, to. Yeah, that's those are that's really hard for me. So we've just decided that that, you know, I'm a morning person and but when I go upstairs and I see them all tucked into their little beds, I do. I have that like, oh, my gosh, I did not. Did I, did I finish that conversation with Anson? Yeah. Or like, yeah, what it is like, I don't know how to know if I'm making a quality. And, 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 and I'm glad you asked this because that is the second most thing that our audience likes the most is when we talk about killing children. <laughs> I, have, I have some sympathies, you know, it's tough. It is. It is tough. And and you can't. So that's the other thing. You can't. Some days, some days your successful parenting is they're all alive. And that's enough. And they and I fed them at least once today. DCFS I mean, did not have to intervene. Right. And, right. And, Sometimes and, the bar know, is and, really and low. Even yeah. that it is, really is. That's yeah, true. it's it's because there were times when oh my gosh, I would call Steve and say, You just gotta get home. Because yeah. you're can't nervous, you're keep tired. Doing that, especially when you have kids that close together, that many like you have and like we had. It's you give it your all until it's you're on you're on edge. And that's you know, you have to give yourself permission to know that's not bad parenting. That's just parenting. And now there's some people, you know, I have a friend who she has kids every four years and well, you know, and partly she says, that's what I knew I could do. Okay. That's not what I did. And so it's, it's, we handle things differently and, and we all, but sometimes it's enough that they're in bed. Hallelujah. And yeah, maybe there were some words, maybe there were, you know, it wasn't your finest moment, but that's, that's one little piece. And if you're doing the things to support the kids and love them beyond that, that that's an unusual thing, then that's great. If it's daily, if it's, you know, it's all the time, that's, you know, then you might need to be looking for additional help. I want to do a podcast on um, apologizing to children. Um, that that really was a, a strong thing, a good relationship building thing that if, you know, at those times that you do think, well, that, you know, a story ended without you being present, um, mentally present, um, then you can just go back and say, hey, I, you know, I was distracted because I really think that that helped promote closeness with our kids when we said, look, this is our first time around being parents. I think I screwed this one up. Sorry. I love you. You know, let's let's revisit this because, um, you know, we apologize to friends and coworkers and all that when we screw up. So why not to our kids? And it gives kids permission to see they can make mistakes and how to handle it. So, yeah, you're just modeling all of that same stuff. Christopher and I call it the ultimate safety net. Right. Like at the end of the day, that's that's really the only tool we have is to say, I'm so sorry. Because yeah. you're not. You know, I love that you think making one connection a day, that's your, that's your line. That's, that's great. Well, and not killing. Wasn't that part of it? No, okay. no. It was one connection a day. I think that's yeah, super like a, sweet. Yeah, like an emotional connection. Yeah. Like, I see you. 
I see. And that's, and you know, it can be, it can be just fleeting as you're handing them lunch and then done. But if somebody needs, you know, a little more time, you can see somebody's looking for something a little more or with Iris since she's your last one at home, you know, she needs more of your attention because she's, she just is at home a lot more. You're her companion. And so, you know, you're giving each child what they need. And what you're going to find is as they move, get a little older, they still want that connection every day, but they're going to define what that looks like to them, you know, and that's, it, it will change and you have to be okay with that as well. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because my third, fourth grader ever, she came home with a love language test that her teacher wanted her to take so that her teacher would know which, which, you know, which love language her, her students respond to and it was uh, really important for me to see that ever just wants to be hugged touched she doesn't need me to talk to her which is my love language is service so <laughs> this is embarrassing to admit but I make my kids cookies every day partly because that's the worst time of day when they come home and I always want a cookie Right, so it's that's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's the best thing no, ever. No, it is because I would go out. I love cookies. I would go out and buy a package of Oreos and hide them in my room <laughs> so they wouldn't eat them. That's what Christopher does. My that's gosh. But like, I think we all could use a cookie when they come home from school. Oh my right? like, gosh, they are tired and exhausted. So you're and I'm serving like, them by giving them. Home. Yeah. So that's my love language is service. And I have one child who responds to that, and he gets so excited. But the rest of them, it doesn't, that just does not even matter. She doesn't want the cookies. She wants to either stand next to you while you're making totally, the cookies. Or just to stop and hug. Yeah, and, she yeah. wants to, while, while she's sitting watching TV, she wants to just have you sit next to her and touch her, something, so that that's, that's what she wants. So can you see that as service, doing those oh, things? Oh, yeah, totally. That's what you do? But it occurs to me that, that um, like... This is fairly new, this idea that we give our children a test and then figure out how they like to be loved. Like, that's fairly new in the whole game of parenting. So I feel like that's just so new. But I, but I do kind of wonder, and maybe this is just a follow-up question, do you, do you find that you understand what those are as your children get older? Like, right now, I couldn't tell you whatever, what Iris's love language was or, you know, how, how she needs to be, how she needs that connection to happen, you know? So right now it is playing blocks on the floor, but for Iris, for Iris, yeah, 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 no, just trial and error, I guess. It's trial and error. They have to tell us what they want. And even now, you know, I have one child. She actually hates gifts. She doesn't yeah, like to give them. Uncomfortable. She doesn't like to get them. She does not want gifts. And if there's ever any kind of talk of it she's yeah she's super upset by it this is an adult woman 24 years old and she but she who does that i mean so here comes her birthday and i'll have to kind of tread lightly and go okay i know we're not doing a gift would you like to go to dinner would you like and she, or you know is there something in the horizon that you want some help with sometimes she does sometimes she doesn't but she has to totally own that and just tell me, and I'm not offended one way or another. She tells me what she needs, and that's that's what's nice as they get older. It can be super helpful to, to know what their love language is. Um, you know, our youngest Lucy, she's quiet, and so uh, often I don't know what's going on in her mind, what she wants, what she needs, but I found out that um, 
her love language is just playing games. And so we would Quality just, time. Oh, yeah. And so we would play games, and that was our probably, you know, good one solid touch a day. And it was super solid. We loved it. It was fun, and it was a super safe place for her. And we drove Sarah crazy because uh, Lou and I, we'd just get together and talk smack and cheat. And uh, Sarah, Sarah hates playing games with us. But I think the love languages could be great. So your your child who, you have one who loves cookies and one who <laughs> loves touch. If I'm the one who loves cookies, I figure this out. I take her cookie and give her a hug. Life's good. And you're both good. We're both good. Win-win. Yeah. And I think, you know, now that I think about it, I think being organized is the way I show my, it's a, it's an act of service. Right? Yes. So that's how I For show me too. my kids like, oh, look, you're walking through the door and the house is like clean and organized and here's a cookie. And I think, th- yeah, that that should be enough. But clearly some of them wouldn't even know if I Okay. Were. But, but then that's you being you. Are you being too harsh on yourself because you're not June Cleaver or something? I don't know if you're on the leave it to be, but you're not. The you know, the who? Yeah, who? Yeah, I'm old. I'm an old man. Um, you know, you're not. Is that anime? <laughs> yes. You know, are you Are you with me? Are you paying attention? Um, you know, you're not measuring up to some ideal that someone hung out there. I mean, if if you need a clean space and you clean your space and you're not giving your kids rapt attention at that point, that's probably okay, right? Are you just beating yourself up unfairly on that? Um, I, uh, I think. Well, I'll have to think about that. I know for sure that like over Christmas break, I just kind of, you know, like let things go and nobody cared that the house was. So it's clearly I clearly can identify that I am the only one that cares if the house is organized or not. And I clearly also understand that that's my love language. And whether they see it or not, it's still what I'm going to do to give my family the love. Well, and I'm going to challenge that a little. My guess is... It was Christmas break. So they knew the rules oh, were a little different okay. and that that was okay. And they were trying it on. You know, one of our one of our episodes is on being as predictable as you can for your kids. Um, because it gives them room to grow and really become who they are. If your house was just the chaos that it was over Christmas all the time for, from here on out, that might really impact your kids in a in a way. But what if it's predictable? It's predictable that they can come home and the house is going to be messy. I don't. I like. I seriously well, don't want anybody to think that like I'm some crazy cleaner. I'm really not. It's just like I just like the. And we have job charts. It's not like I'm doing it on my own. Sure. I get that. But the question is, you know, Steve grew up in a house that was a little more chaotic. Well, so did I. I guess we both did. But to a point where I didn't I didn't have socks in the morning because there was so much chaos. I didn't I didn't know. You know, there, there was not predictability in in food. There was not predictability in getting homework done. There was not. And and if that if 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 the unpredictability of your house or the messiness of your house starts to spill over into all these things. They can't find a pencil because the house is chaotic. That impacts things negatively. You know, where right now they're taking for granted. They know where all their school supplies are because you haven't organized. They know where, you know, and they know whose job it is to do what, when, and, and they're all contributing. If you can give your kids that, that's great. Now, not everybody has that skill set. So I'm not saying it's the end of the world if it doesn't happen, but your kids are impacted, you know, if if they're having to make up for, uh, you know, your kids are going to learn to keep pencils in their backpack 
if they know there's chaos in the house and they're not going to be able to find a pencil when it's time for homework. So, but but that's that's something I think about a lot too. Is I think that those kids learn skills like I got to keep it in my backpack. Whereas I'm often often worried that my kids are not learning those skills because they take for granted that mom is going to always have it in the pencil box on the table where they do the homework. You know what I mean? Well, but then then it's it, they'll learn one way or another. You know, they're not going to be shocked if, if, they're, they, if they're in the chaotic maybe. home. They're not shocked that there isn't a pencil in the drawer because that's they've lived in this house 10 years, 12 years, however old they are. But if and, and they'll know they have to make up for it if but if it's on the table, they, they're seeing that modeled for them and they know, OK, that is one way to do it. Well, and and you have a very good partner and uh, Chris is going to hate me for this. But if you feel that you're doing, you know, spending too much time cleaning and cooking and whatever, then, you know, I would suggest talk about that with that with Chris. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether, how much he helps to what degree, but talk about whether he should do some of those things. Because, yeah. you know, I know he loves the kids. And if he's taking more time to hang out with the kids and you're, you're shouldering those responsibilities, then have a conversation with him about, you know, doing, doing some of the tasks where... You have 15, 20 minutes every day thinking, wow, I don't have to do this. I will spend this time with. Yeah. And I have to say, it's just because Christopher will love to hear this. Like I said, he does evenings. So he does dinner, homework, put the kids to bed. So that, yeah, that's like he's, I mean, we do dinner together. and But then homework, homework and put the kids to bed are his responsibilities. So, yeah, that is really nice. But I think what I'm I'm hearing is that. I need to start seeing that these little things that I do that I think are just uh, like neither here nor there really are acts of emotional connection with my kids. There's no doubt about it. When we were, when I was raising my kids, you know, there were all the debates about nature versus nurture. No, no, no. But it's like that. It's a quality time versus quantity time. And it was all about the quality time, quality time. But it's both. You need the quality, and that's what I was talking about. But you also need the quantity. You just need to be around as much as you can, as you know. And 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 all of these topics, we can talk about the ideals, and we know there are seasons of life where you just can't hit those ideals. You know, I spent some time in the hospital, which I'm sure we'll talk about some at some point, where I had very little kids. They were at home. They were getting no quality quality time or quantity time. But I, you know, it's sometimes those things happen. So you can't beat yourself up about that. You're, if you're doing the best you can, you got to give yourself some credit. But what you're talking about is quantity time. And that is meaningful. And so you have to let it be what it is. And when you have young kids, you're just so ridiculously busy. I mean, you'll you'll hit a point when, you know, your youngest is you know, eight or so, and and all of a sudden things are just easy. You'll have all sorts of time. It's you know we remember like the day we realized they were like, well, wow, this is easy. They are, and and as much you, you keep saying easy, but it, I, the the phrase to me was, oh, they're they're more help than they are work. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just was that tipping point. And when the last one got there, you're like, oh. Oh, well, that's what I mean when that last oh, one gets yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because right now, like, there's just little, there's just little messes, little, little things, little LOL dolls, little, you know, like all over all the time. 
And I think like I always say to my kids, like I can sit on the floor and play with you if if we aren't constantly making messes I have to manage. So I'm trying to teach them that it's in their best interest to manage their own messes but they're little and they're little so. and you know and you're pro- i'm sure you're figuring it out and figuring it you know and 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 you're trying to figure out that balance because it does change as they get older and but yeah it's uh you know it's okay for them to learn that they have to clean up their messes that's okay and that the reward is that we all have more yeah, time, time to to have those quality moments i think that's okay. i think that's great that's good and cookies <laughs> and i'm gonna go back to that do you like have cookie dough admit it. in the fridge so and you make tan every day. That's it. I make like it's a big like batch at the beginning of the week. from scratch no. every single day. At the beginning of the week, I make a big batch and then every day I just, yeah. So I, if, you, if, you li- if you lived up here, I would stop by. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he would. And, and the neighborhood kids do too. The neighborhood kids know that they can stop by and get cookies. I, yeah. Steve's wow. trying to figure out how to get down to your house. I would move down. I if I know. knew I could get fresh cookies every day, I would move down. Well, we appreciate you coming. Thank Thanks you for, for having me. Like I said, about all this. The Perfect Parenting Podcast is a production of Vanguard Media. Steve Urquhart and Sarah Urquhart are the hosts, writers, and creators of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the executive producer. Hammond Chamberlain is the associate producer and sound engineer. And Shayla Don is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Perfect Parenting Podcast. I'm Chris Van Garrett. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.